What's up, everybody? So welcome to uh, another episode, Season of the Jungle. Uh, today I have with me my guy, Kev. Um, I met Kev off TikTok. And, you know, both of us got into TikTok because of our daughters just making stupid videos with them, uh, kind of for a laugh, something to do with them. And from there, we got onto Trucker Talk. Um, and Kev, you know, Kev, he's he's amassed a pretty decent following of about 54,000 people. Uh, I was on his page prowling around earlier, too, and he's got uh, something like 600,000 likes, 54,000 followers. He's big on Trucker Talk. Uh, anytime I'm ever having a rough, rough go at it out on the road, I always pop over to his page for a good <laughs> laugh. Um, but without further ado, guys, this is Kev. Um, we're going to get into Kev's story here in a minute. So Kev, why don't you just tell everybody real quick who you are, say hi to everybody and go from there. What's up, everybody? Uh, obviously my name's Kev. Um, I'm a truck driver, <laughs> uh, slash TikToker, as he just mentioned, <laughs> But uh, no, I'm a truck driver, man. I used to uh, used to be into another type of lifestyle that I guess we're gonna get into in a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's all. That's it. I'm Kev, man. I really cool. don't know what else to say to that. Turn my radio down real quick. Well, uh, I'm 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 glad I got you on here, man. I I've been wanting to have you on because I I want to. I'm I'm like a firm believer in truck driving for. Uh, guys with criminal records is a great lifestyle. I mean, we're already conditioned to that small living quarters. It's oh yeah, we're, we're used to dealing with our. I mean, we can be by ourselves for days on end at a time, and uh, you know. So I, I've always been a big advocate and always push guys that have felonies that are kind of having a rough go at finding their path to get into truck driving. So yeah. why don't you? Uh, why real quick, just briefly tell everybody. You know, where where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Kind of what was your childhood like? So I, I grew up, um, I was born in Los Angeles at the USC Medical Center. Uh, I grew up in uh, South Central, South LA um, for uh, about half my life. And then uh, my family moved to, uh, it was my mom and my stepdad uh, moved to uh, Palmdale, which is about an almost an hour away, uh, an hour north of LA, trying to get away from all of the shit that uh, we were pretty much in living in South LA. So uh, we moved, we moved there. Um, I grew up with, uh, my mom and my stepdad, uh, my stepdad would been around, been in my life since, uh, I was probably, I want to say about three. Um, cause, uh, my, my real dad, he was, uh, he, he killed himself when I was nine. Um, and I, I resented my mom a lot for that until I just found out that, uh, that was, that was bad. It wasn't really her fault. It, she had something to do with it, but you know, he was a Vietnam vet. And um, he killed himself due to a mix of that and other situations in his life, like the IRS was after him. And he was one of those guys that, you know, thought, I don't have to pay taxes and all of that shit, like, you know, which, which, you know, I feel that way too, but hey, that shit leads you down to, uh, down a path that you don't want to go and it'll just make shit worse. So there's a few things like people say that are guaranteed in life and that's one of them. So him being a <laughs> Vietnam vet and um, not paying his taxes kind of, you know, he got shot like I think seven or eight times in Vietnam, so he was pretty fucked up. Um, so that combination of the IRS coming after him, um, my mom coming after him, um, and uh, that Vietnam situation caused him to uh, commit suicide when I was nine. So uh, we, when we were nine, we left. We left uh, Los Angeles. We moved to. We're still in Los Angeles. We moved to Van Nuys for a little bit, and um, 
we were just surrounded by a bunch of the same type of shit, just just a whole lot of Mexicans <laughs> doing that shit versus or because I'm half black. So uh, we I grew up with the with mainly the, the black side of my family. And um, so we, we went from the black, black, ghetto, urban ass, bullshit ass area to Van Nuys, which is a Mexican urban ghetto ass, bullshit ass area. So he was like, fuck that. We're going to move to fucking Palmdale, uh, which was better. You know, it was better environment for the most part until uh, everybody started moving up there. But uh, I, at that point in time, like when I was nine, after my dad died, after he killed himself, uh, I started turning like uh, to, the, to the streets pretty much because I resented my stepdad. I didn't like my stepdad at all. Um, now, after having talked to him, after I've grown up, though, I, I realized that, man, all dude was trying to do is just, you know, he was hard, right? He was he was fucking hard on me. Uh, but I, I, as I realized, it, he also told me he was like, I, I made a lot of mistakes with you because uh, I only had a daughter. I didn't know how to raise a son, you know, and uh, on top of that, you weren't biologically mine. So I probably took out a little bit more anger or did things. I, I, I did a lot of things that I regretted. So, we, you know, we're like this now, you know, because partly because I've grown up and I've realized that, hey, raising boys is not easy. You know, no. uh, yeah, it's not like I got I got I got three boys. So. Um, it's not fucking easy, man. They're little terrorizers, but oh, you, raising, I mean, raising kids in general isn't easy, dude. But yeah, oh, boys, yeah. boys will give you a run for the money. I, I lucked out. My boy's not my troublemaker. My, uh, my daughter's my troublemaker. She's oh, yeah. that's karma. <laughs> that's karma reincarnated, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got three of those too. I got two and one on the way. I got an eighteen-year-old daughter. She just turned eighteen, so I got five kids in total. Um, one on the way. Um, so yeah, so when we moved uh, uh to uh, Palmdale. Uh, I was like, you know, 10, 11 years old. I'm running the streets because I got a lot of cousins that were gang members. So some of them were up there. And um, yeah, I just fell into the streets pretty much at a real young age because I didn't want to be at home. I was always running away, staying um, like a week at my friends and my homies' houses and shit and just getting in trouble. I, I started that juvenile hall shit. You know, I've done juvenile hall from, I started juvenile hall when I was like 13. Um, I've done all the juvenile camps in LA County. I've been to all the juvenile halls in L.A. County. Uh, yeah, I was a fucking little, little shithead. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fucking deny it. I was a little fucking shithead. Uh, so, um, and that, that, you know what that did? That just, I just ended up going to prison. So, um, after I got out of a, a lockdown group home, well, no, I got out of a, a regular group home. When I was 18, they let me go. Cause, uh, it was this nice lady named Miss Judy. She was cool. She, she seen that I had been into in nothing but like juvenile camps and lockdown group homes and nothing was working. And this group home, the lady came and interviewed me. It was a regular house. Like, you know, I'm not, I wasn't used to that. I was used to big, big hospitals turned into like lockdown facilities for kids my age that didn't want to fucking listen and listen to anybody, you know? And, uh, she gave me a chance and I, I stayed there for a couple of years and I did good. Um, it was in Chatsworth, Chatsworth, California, but, uh, they had to let me go. Cause I turned 18 and when I turned 18, I went back home and I was running them up. Yeah. I, I, I started hanging out with the same people I was, you know, I grew up with and, you know, little dumb shit like, um, theft and all of that shit. And, you know, assaults turned into home invasions, like full scale home invasions, like, you know, armed robberies and shit. And, um, just because, <laughs> cause I didn't. Cause I didn't want to get a fucking job. <laughs> Nobody wants. I didn't want to get. 
I, I, my wife and I bitch about that all the time now. It's, it's that, uh, it's that new age mentality. Everybody, mm-hmm. will, the kids will work harder to not work forty hours a week and not realize they're still working like sixty hours a week and doing. Man, jobs. and look, and taking a penitentiary risk too. And you know, right. I just it, it wasn't really. I didn't want to work. It was just, I, I mean, I had been doing it for years, so I was kind of like, it was a rush for me, and. It was also a peer pressure thing. Like, my, all my homies were doing it. So, you know, I didn't want to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah. That was – so, it's funny you said home invasions and burglaries and shit like that. So, I, what I went down for was burglary. And I I never did any shit while anybody was home. Um, not that it's by any means any fucking better. But yes. <laughs> um, I, you still go down smoking for an F2 out this way, either one or the other. But – um yeah man i you know after you after i started doing it like you you just mentioned that rush and it's i I mean i was a drug addict dude i wasn't like running around i mean i was running around with a lot of dumb asses but i was a fucking full-blown heroin addict you know what i mean so that topped with like the adrenaline on top of it of running up into somebody's house it's that's addictive in itself man oh yeah Um, yeah not knowing what you're gonna find and even even (laughs) Treasure hunt. Like, yeah, yeah, really. Like, it's you know, I look back at it now, like I was a straight piece of shit. But, <laughs> but hey, some, sometimes, yeah. But it wasn't for lack of my parents trying. You know, I was brought up in the best household that I could be brought up in. Like, they definitely yeah. fucking tried. You know, um, to the point where my mom was telling the, the juvenile system to put him in jail. He needs to learn a lesson. You know, like, and it's just, it was just me. It was just some people are just rebellious and fuck that. I'm gonna do what I want to do, regardless yeah. of the consequences. And, and I had to learn. So, you know, then I started, I was in and out of prison, you know, from, from 19, just turned 19 and I was in and out of prison. Uh, my first, my first time going to prison, they offered me, uh, man, I could have did two years, but I was fucking listening to jailhouse lawyers and shit. No, I don't take that. This is your first time and all of that bullshit, man. I ended up with four years. So yeah, I ended up doing four years. They gave me four years with half, but I was, once again, I was still in that, that mindset. Like I'm going into prison and I'm a, I'm going to be the, one of the most turned up motherfuckers I can be. So I went in there and I ended up doing damn near four years when I could have just did two because I'm getting caught with weapons. I'm getting caught with Pruno. I'm I'm disrespecting staff. I'm assaulting staff, all of that type of shit. And uh, yeah, so I almost did four years pretty much on that. And then I got out the whole parole thing. That's just, a you know, recidivism fucking, you know, in, no. in the making. Like that, that parole shit is. Oh, it is. It is. And that's, that's part of the reason that I wanted to do this because I, I, People don't understand the people don't understand how everything is just stacked against you from the second like you it's harder the second you step out than it is while you're in there. I mean, you've got like there's yeah, like it's it's not the environment you want to live in, but but most of society doesn't understand. Like last night, I've got buddies that are trying to to get housing right now and they're calling me like looking for like resources, things like that. And I call the real estate agent that I know looking for like a, a second chance, like real estate agent, somebody that finds housing for felons. This chick's yeah. been in the real estate game for 40 years. And she's like, what's that? She's like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> so people don't understand like how hard it is once guys get out and you're getting out at 19. I got another buddy that I did another episode with. He was out at 25. He went in when he was 18. And I got out when I was uh, 20, almost 24. Yeah. And so people, people don't understand, like from, you went from being a kid and now you're a full blown adult and you have no life skills. All you know is the streets. 
And there is no, re- there's no reform in jail. It's all, it's, we're going to throw you in a box. You're going to fend for yourself for the next four years. And then good luck when you get out, but Hey, we're going to keep the, we'll keep the light on for you. Some motel six type shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So what, what facilities were you like, what prisons and facilities were you in when you went in? And I'm, I'm assuming you went in for what home invasion and. Yeah. I had like uh uh four, 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 five, nines, which is just regular uh, burglaries, uh, home, uh, like house burglaries. And then I had uh, maybe like six home invasions. And uh, so I went in with that. They cut me slack, actually. I, I should have did a whole lot more because after two years after I got locked up for all of that shit in California, they made home invasions life sentences. So I got really fucking lucky. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So I got really fucking lucky. Um, so I, I started out in Delano, which pretty much everybody does. Uh, if you're if you in Southern California, the, the reception center they sent you to was Delano. Um, and then the first prison I went to was Pleasant Valley before it turned all SNY or all PC, um, which was a three yard because uh, I had level three points because of my juvenile history and all of that shit. Yeah. And um, like I said, I, I went in there fucking up. I, I did a shoe program uh, uh, of a year for uh, attempted stabbing of a CO, which was I just had oh. a knife on me. So real quick, because I, none of the guys that I've had on here so far have mentioned or been in shoe programs. So expi- I mean, I know what it is, but explain to everybody what the shoe program is. It's a it's a security housing unit. It's just it's a jail within a jail is all it is. Yeah. It's, uh, you don't have any freedom. Uh, pretty much um, when you're on a regular yard, you get to go out the yard all throughout the day. Well, the yard and uh, <laughs> shoes are, uh, you know, you're pretty much in your cell all day, every day. You get one shower every 72 hours and you get to on the on the, the, the odd days of the shower every 72 days you get to go to yard for like depending sometimes it's three hours sometimes it's six hours um, and it's just literally a fucking dog cage it's like it's like yeah. a dog kennel if you were to take a overhead look at it it just looked like a bunch of dog kennels lined up with with fucking inmates walking back and forth with a toilet and uh, so I was in there and um, I did a year for that for the uh, I was I got into it with a CO and he started talking shit and I was talking shit and I kind of puffed up at him and I was doing dumb shit because you know I was surrounded by my you know my homies and shit so I didn't want to look like a bitch <laughs> so and my stupid ass forgot that I had a fucking piece of metal on me so you know they 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 bumped it up to attempted stabbing even though I never reached for it or none of that but yeah I did a shoot for that then I got out and they bumped me up to level four points and um then I went to uh where the fuck did I go? They sent me to Corcoran for transfer. I was there for like a month. And then I went to uh damn, where did I go after that? I went to Calipat. I went to Calipatria, which is a level four in uh, uh by Blythe, California. Um, Southern California, pretty much bottom of California. Um and yeah, that that was a oh, that prison was always rocking and rolling. It was mainly between the the Southsiders and and the and the COs because they yeah. were fucking killing each other back and forth. So, you know, uh, the 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 Crip car who I ran with, we didn't really have to fuck with them or we just stayed out of the way. But we was always on lockdown. So, uh, yeah, I was in Calipatria and then I paroled from Calipatria at about twenty three and a half, almost something like that, twenty three, somewhere around there. Um, and um, yeah, I was on parole. So I paroled back to the same shit that I was in, uh, L.A. County, and. Uh, hanging out with the same people. Cause at that point I hadn't had enough. I, I still thought, you know, I'm getting out of level four prisons and shit. Like, you know, motherfuckers looked up to me a little bit. So, um, yeah, I still thought that I, I had to keep that, 
That yeah, street cred's a motherfucker, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, it is like a motherfucker, don't it, man? Look, that shit is a bunch of bullshit too. But back then, you know, I was young and dumb and stupid, and I, you know, I thought that's what it. What I thought that that's all I was gonna amount to at that time, at that point in time. Because like you said, I didn't get out with no resources. I didn't know shit. You know, I wasn't at one of those prisons where I was at one of those prisons where all prisons have trades where you can learn some shit and take it to the streets. But the prisons I was at, I was on level four prisons that that were that weren't that were they weren't bullshit. So we were always locked down. So we couldn't go to fucking class and learn so, anything. So I, I mean, I'm from Ohio. You're talking California. I'm assuming your level fours are like the 23 and one. You're you're in 23. You're out an hour it's, a day, right? No, no, no. It's it's a uh, it's maximum security prisons. That's it. They don't the okay. the only 23 and one type shit is when we're on lockdown or when okay. you're in the shoe. Uh, but even when you're on lockdown on the yard, it's not 23 and one. It's it's one shower every 72 hours. So you're yeah. in your cell 24 hours a day for two days. You know until you get to walk 50 feet to the shower to take a shower you know what i mean and then back to yourself with the same program it's literally 24 hour lockdown for for months at a time it, we, we would be on lockdown from anywhere from three months to a year you know yeah. um or more depending on if somebody got killed and shit so uh yeah it was it was no joke it was bullshit but at that point oh. in time i thought that was the coolest shit so <laughs> well you're young you don't know any better yeah that, that street cred's a motherfucker, man. Like you get yeah, out, yeah. It's not like the little homies that are looking up to you, and like you got the other like dudes in the streets that they're like, oh, that, that's here comes Kev. Like you can that that yeah. dude don't play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, that's that's what I was all about. So okay, so so you get out when you're what 24, 25, 20, and then 23, still, 23. You still had yeah. runs left in you. So what was the next charge that sent you back, or was it a PB, or what? What happened? From that point, I think it was just my my first violation was I got, you know, those little souvenir baseball bats? Yeah. Like you get from a game, like Dodgers game, Angels game, whatever. They're like little tiny tire thumpers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had, so I was moving from my homegirl's house to a guy's house. It's kind of like my uncle. He got me jobs and shit working construction. So I had all of my shit in my car. And it was just a souvenir bat that I had from a Dodger game that I that I acquired. I wasn't doing nothing with it. It was just it would be sitting up on my fucking dresser or some shit. I had it in my trunk. So I'm sitting on the street 2 a.m. in the morning, right down the street from the uh, Palmdale Sheriff Station. And if I, I'm I'm facing away from it, so I could look in my my side view mirror and see the gate to where they come out and start their patrol. I seen the gate open, and I'm waiting for him to get home. I seen the gate open. And um, he could either make a left or right or go straight. The mother and I'm, this is a bad area in, in Palmdale too. So he he picks straight, decides to go down down the neighborhood instead of hit the highway or something. And I and I'm in my car and I said fuck. And I started sliding down like that. Like damn, I hope this fool don't see me. But uh, he's driving down the street like five miles an hour. He got a spotlight and he's hitting every you know cracking crevice between the houses, the cars. I said I know he's gonna see me as soon as he fucking. As soon as this shit hits my car windows, I know. So he saw me, and um, he stops, and he comes to the door, and he parole probation. Yeah, I'm on parole. So he's like, "All right, cool. Step out." He patted me down. He cuffed me. He said, "Look, man, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm just gonna search your car. If there's nothing in there that you shouldn't have, you ain't got nothing to worry about." I said, "Cool. I'm just moving. There's nothing in my car. I don't got shit to worry about." I had a, and then I thought, I'm like, "Fuck!" I had a fucking flip open razor blade, like. 
we use for construction shit in the cup holder right here next to me. I thought that was going to do it. And I told him, I said, there's a razor blade in there that I use for my work and whatnot. And I got a few other tools in there. He said, oh, man, don't worry about that. So if you don't got no, you know, drugs or nothing, no weapons, none of that, you ain't got no problem. So he searches the car, goes to the back, pulls out all the shit that's in the trunk, clothes, boxes of shit, you know, and he finds his back. And he comes back and he gets in his car. And I'm in the back cuff. And he says, so uh, what's up with this bat? I said, what do you mean, what's up with it? I got it from a baseball game. It's a souvenir. He said, no, this is a weapon on parole. I said, you got to be fucking bullshitting me, man. He said, nope, <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you at all. So he says, so look here. He says, uh, you know anybody around here that sells drugs or oh, sells dude. weapons or anything? I said, man, what? He said, <laughs> I didn't stutter. He said, do you know anybody around here that sells drugs? I said, you want me to tell on somebody for my freedom? He said, yep. I said, man, take me to fucking jail. He said, all right. <laughs> That's exactly what the motherfucker did, too. He took me. He Look, he started his shift. Five minutes later, he had an arrest. He flipped a bitch and went right back through the gate that I saw him pull out of. And, and, and I did a year flat for that in Lancaster State Prison. Yep, I did a, a year flat for that. And um, so I did a year in that. Uh, and I got out and, um, you know, I would just, I got, damn, what did I, do? I got out a year after that and I got into a fight. I got into a fight, <laughs> call the cops over a parking spot, call the cops. I get fucking two years for that. And, uh, you know, I would just, I would get out, do a violation because I, I would get, get nothing but mainly violations. So I did a, another year and a half violation. It was supposed to be a year, but I kept getting in trouble as usual. So I did almost two years on that and I got out, decided to hit another house again. <laughs> I got two years on that, two years straight on that. Um, they gave me four years with half again. So I did two years. I did good on that. I got out. I didn't get in too much trouble because at that point in time, I'm like, you know, this is, this is starting to get old now. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, so I got out and then I got out two years that and then Oh, and then I was at I was at my mom's house and my neighbor had uh I think he, at this point in time he had to be like maybe 10 or 11. I'm showing him how to shoot a pellet rifle, right? Just as a kid. Like, you know, I'm older, he has a pellet gun, he's not using it. I'm trying to show him. In an er in an area in a neighborhood where there's not a lot of traffic. So I'm literally shooting across the street that's about 25 20 feet wide. Like it's the length of a fucking highway, two-lane highway. At a, at a brick wall at a target and somebody turns the corner and s assumes that it's a it's a real gun right so they call the cops you know i didn't know he called the cops right he just did it as he was driving next thing i know i have <laughs> i'm out there i'm right by the car and i see two sheriffs creeping through because there was like a little wooded area on the corner i see two sheriffs with fucking rifles creeping through the fucking thing and I hurry up and drop that shit like what the fuck are you guys doing right and um and they, they you know they, they it was pretty much a felony stop they there was like 20 cops hit the corner they all draw down on me had me lay down so on and so forth and at that point in time I was selling drugs I was selling crystal and I was selling weed I was selling kush too so um I'm more worried I forgot about the fucking the the damn eighth I had in crystal on my pocket in my pocket because I'm so worried about them not shooting me because right. I had this fucking thing in my hand, right? Um, so they cuffed me up, and it was in my fucking, it was in my, it was in my uh, sock actually, 
and they do a bullshit pat down on me and throw me in the car and it's still in my sock in the fucking car and and um they get out or they 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 realize that it's just a fucking pellet gun they start laughing they come back to the car they're like all right man they're like we're just gonna pat you down again um and uh they were going to take me to jail for some bullshit, like a pro- bullshit parole violation that I was going to get COP down on out on parole, like the next day or some dumb shit. So they had to do an actual pat down, an actual search. They find the shit. <laughs> the guy says, well, look what we got here. Right. I said, oh, fuck. And I was in that motherfucker sweating the whole time because, you know, they turned the heat up on me and all types of shit. Uh, so I'm in there sweating because I'm nervous because I'm I'm thinking that they probably go find this. And then they got the heat up They get out. They find it. I end up doing uh, 32 with 80 percent with that. So that was just a little bit over two years I had to go back and do uh, for that. Um, so I do that. I, I managed to stay pretty much out of trouble. I did like two and a half years. Um, I get out, and um, my next case was uh, my next case was uh, what was it? Oh. Uh, I was living in Victorville, which is like the same distance away, about an hour away from San Bernardino, not L.A. County, San Bernardino County. And um, I had some pellet rifles in the house. And this is when I was tattooing. I had stopped selling drugs. I had stopped doing all of that shit because I was like I said, I was I was fed up with yeah. going in and out of prison and shit. Um, so one of my friends was laying under my garage and I didn't know he was doing this because I was in the house cooking breakfast for my kids and shit. Um, and he was shooting at a target across the street with the, the garage door cracked this far from the ground. Once again, me and pellet guns just don't get it. It's just bad, right? <laughs> Somebody calls and sees and, and they think that this fool has a real fucking rifle shooting at a can from across the street. Um, I always shot shit in my backyard. I wouldn't be doing no dumb shit like that. But I, like I said, I was in the house cooking breakfast for my kids. So once again, felony stop type shit. Cops swarm the fucking house. I hear a boom, boom, boom on the garage because we're still in the garage. This is after they, I fed him and all that. Came back out about 10 minutes later. I hear boom, boom, boom on my garage. And I hear police. And I say, oh, fuck. And I look at him like, what the fuck did you do? Like, what the fuck? Why do we have cops at our fucking my garage door right now? So I had a paint can because the garage didn't work. So I had a paint can holding the garage from slamming all the way shut. The cop takes the door and just wrecks it all the way open. And, you know, no, 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 my bad. I had told him, I said, look, don't open the garage door, right? Because that's just going to invite them in. I said, slide out under the door. So he, he got on his stomach and he slithered out under the door. I did the same thing, thinking that they were going to do their job as they should and not just open the fucking door, right? Well, we got out. They cuffed us up, didn't ask us shit. The dude took his hand, racked open the garage door. They put us in the fucking uh, the cars. And they go through my house like they had a right to, right? <laughs> they go through my house like they had a right, like they had a warrant. And I didn't understand, like, I know the law like I know the law now regarding First and Fourth Amendment specifically, right? Because right. I got railroaded on that fucking case. <clears throat> um, and uh, so they, they racked the door. They, there's like 20 cops running through the garage, running through my house. You know, they bring my kids out. They bring a potato launcher out. I had made a potato launcher uh, for people that don't. You know what that is? Yeah. It's a, just a big, for people that don't know it. I know what a potato launcher is. Uh, okay, yeah. So for people that don't know, it's just a PVC pipe made 
<laughs> launch potatoes fucking hundreds of yards or whatnot. And there's two different types of ways you can make them. You can make them pneumatic with like air, or you can make them combustible with like axe deodorant or some, some yeah. type of combustible shit you spray in there and then light it. Well, in California, I tried to stay legit. I tried to make a pneumatic one, right? That ran off an air tank and an air compressor because those aren't illegal. Combustibles are illegal in California. So I made it pneumatically. But when I was making it, I fucked up and made it to where it didn't even shoot. Like I glued the whole fucking the, the barrel shut, right? With the fucking pipe glue. So it didn't work at all. And it was just in my garage. They come out with that. Um, and then they keep rummaging around. And I had a 12 gauge, 19 inch sawed off uh, pump shotgun in my house. They also found that. Now, being that I'm a felon, I'm not supposed to have that. But at, you know, I, I'm I feel that they do a lot of felons wrong. I feel that me personally, I feel that all felons shouldn't have shouldn't lose their right to carry a firearm. I personally feel that the only people that should lose their right to carry a firearm are the ones that commit crimes with firearms. Right. You know what I mean? I like if I have no violence in my history with firearms against people, I don't feel that we should lose that right. You know? Right. Especially if you're just going to prison for felonies that aren't nonviolent. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just I feel that that's wrong. That's wrong. You know? Uh but anyways, nonetheless, they they catch that. Um and uh, I you know I go to prison I go to jail for both of those. Um, and I, I did like five, five with 80 on that. So, you know, I did almost four years on that. And, um, yeah, uh, but after, while I was in jail, after I got sentenced, I started thinking like, yo, I think that that shit was fucking illegal, man. Like you can't just run in somebody's house like that over a fucking anonymous call and come to find out I was right. You, you, you gotta have exigent circumstance. They have to have exigent circumstances, right. Or, they have to have a fucking warrant, no matter what anybody calls. And the only person that can justify that is a a credible informant that is that is registered with the police department for giving credible tips on shit. Not just some random person, right? Yeah. Like I can't just be like, yo, this guy has a gun, and next thing I know, there's 20 people, 20 cops running through your house. That's illegal. But that's what they did to me, right? But I didn't know, and I had to take the deal because I didn't know all of the shit that I know now legally. Uh, so I took the deal. I got fucked on that. I could have got, <laughs> I could have got out if I, you know, know my rights, but so I, I did that. And then, uh, my, my, I got two uncles that are truck drivers and they were telling me for years, like, yo, you should, you should try to get, you should get your CDL, man. Go to, go to jail, get your CDL, study for that shit in there. You have nothing else to do, right? Study for your CDL in there and, um, and get out and be a truck driver, man. And, uh, I didn't do it how they said do it. I had I got the um, book mailed to me and whatnot, and I studied it here and there. But it's still prison is you know if you're not if you're not a punk or a bitch, prison is fun. You know it sounds stupid, right? But if you're used to that life, right, is it's just boring, and you you ain't get no you can't can't get no pussy, and right. you're around you're, you're you're not around your family and friends. But other than that, once you're settled in, I mean, yeah, the shit flies by like yeah. that. Yeah, Ty, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough when I, the facility that I went to, I I knew a lot of guys from my hometown down there. And so, I mean, they were all set up. They were already doing their time down there. So it, it wasn't, I, it's obviously, I mean, you get comfortable because you adapt to your environment. Uh, yeah. But you're right, man. It's it's a lot of, uh, there's there a lot of wild shit that went on where I was at. But if as long as you know to stay in your own lane 
and you know yeah, how to conduct yourself and act right. And you just do your time and you fucking go home. But so at what point, so at what point did the light finally fucking turn on and you're like, Hey, this ain't, this ain't for me anymore. Like this isn't. And what was your motivation to just stop doing everything? Uh, um, the, the prison term I did before getting caught with that, that, that shotgun, the, the one where I got caught with the, with the dope. Yeah. When I got half my way through that prison, I just, something, I was just laying in bed one day in my bunk and I just staring at the fucking roof. Like, you know, and, and it was, this was in Blythe too. So it's hot as fuck, dude. And that prison gets 130 degrees with like 90% humidity. And in the cells, it just fucking cooks you like concrete. For people that don't know that shit, whether it's hot or cold, it just makes whatever it is fucking fifty times worse. Yeah. Right? And I'm sitting in there sweating because my fan broke, and, and we were on lockdown, and I'm just staring at the wall like, "Yo, this is this is something's got to fucking change, dude, because this ain't working. I'm fucking done. Like, I can't do this shit no more." And I'm thinking about my kids. <laughs> my kids are starting to get older. Like, the oldest one at that point was like eleven or something like that, and I was just like, "Yo, I can't." keep coming in and out of fucking prison like how the fuck are my kids gonna look at me once they start understanding what the fuck it is i'm doing and you know constantly in and out i'm gonna be a piece of shit in their eyes and i can't do that and then i got out and that's when it clicked that's when i was like i was done with anything illegal besides having that shotgun to protect my household if anything were to happen it's not like i'm running around i wasn't running around the streets with guns and shit you know what i mean it was just in my house if i needed it who the fuck would have thought that one of my friends would be playing with a fucking pellet rifle, get caught, and then now I got cops finding it. Like, it's just, that was unforeseen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that was just some bullshit right there. Because I was already done at that point. But when I went to jail for that and did years for that, I was just in there with a whole new mindset. Like, yo, I'm not fucking with none of y'all. Like, y'all can kiss my motherfucking ass. I'm over here doing my shit myself. I don't need nothing from nobody. I'm working out. I'm, I'm, I'm in my cell all day. If not, I'm finding some old dude and I'm playing dominoes with him at the tables. I'm staying out of every bullshit. I'm going home to my kids, period, point blank. And I don't give a fuck. And, you know, that's what happened. So, uh, so like I said, before that last, that last term I did, and then when I did that extra term after the term that made me say, fuck this shit, it was just, it really solidified it, solidified like, yo, I'm never going to prison again. Like, you know what I mean? So it was, it was after that. That, that oh man, those the, the kids. That's that's one of the common common denominators. So, you know, a lot of guys that I've talked to, it's you know they finally because my kids were little when I was locked up, like. But then they, yeah. my my son was getting older, and I yeah, it's uh those kids will do it to you, man. So what? Oh, yeah. So at what point did how old were you when you got out? And then did you did you go get your CDL immediately when you got out? Well, I so I got out after that last prison term, and um. There was, I was trying to find funding to like um, get a trade, right? Uh, I wasn't set on truck driving yet. You know, I, I got uh, some masonry background also. Like I, I was a brick mason for a couple of years too. So it was either go back to doing that or truck. I was just like, you know, I kind of want to do something new. So I found this, uh, um, damn, what are they called? This, uh, it's, uh, it's like a, EDD and employment development, employment yeah. development, something, right? That helps people, whether you've been to prison or not, just down on your luck and you need a government program to help you 
find a trade while you're on the outs. It has nothing to do with parole or none of that. I went completely outside of that after I got off parole and probation because they don't really help you at all. Like the shit they send you to is bullshit. So I found the EDD program. They said, okay, we we can fund, we can fund. um, These are the things that we offer. There was a list of shit. Truck driving was on them. I'm like, yo, I want to do truck driving. They're like, okay, well, we need you to come back, do another meeting, sit through another thing. So they they had me jump through. Oh, they were like, oh, we don't have the funding for that now. You're going to have to wait about seven, eight months for the funding, the fiscal year to come around. And within that wait, we're going to have you come back for orientations, do this, do that. So they, they wanted to know if I was serious in, in changing my life around and actually following through with this because they sent me through a whole bunch of bullshit classes. I had to sit hours through and a bunch of stuff they kept calling me back for Um, because my car got impounded so i had to keep taking the bus back and forth to this place you know and they would just wanted to know if i was fucking serious and at that point in time i was fucking serious so everything they told me to fucking do i did on time to the t no questions asked and they saw that and they were like okay boom we see you're serious so we're gonna we're gonna grant you five thousand dollars to go to a trucking school right so and this is in victorville and they were like um all you got to do now is find a trucking school you want to go to there's a list of a few of them in the area and we will fund you a little bit of gas money i think it was like a hundred dollars a week or something like that for 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 gas too um and we'll pay for it so i had to go go down to palmdale because there was one in lancaster i had to go to the one in lancaster um signed up for that they took the the funding and um my stepdad he he let me use his mercedes and shit so i could go back and forth from victorville from home to lancaster for school and um, they said the average time of, you know, graduation for the trucking school at that school was about a month and a half. I was so serious and wanted to finish that shit quickly. I did it in 26 days, 26 actual days. Like everybody went to school, went to class there every day, pretty much. I didn't have the luxury of doing that because I lived an hour away. So I would go maybe two, three times a week and I would soak up as much as I fucking could with those days and as long as I stayed there for those two, three days a week. And it came out to, it was like a month and a half time, but it was 26 actual days that it took me to obtain my CDL. And they said I was the second person to ever get the CDL there the fastest out of all the years that they've been in operation. That's because I was serious, dude. I was, I, I, the shit that wasn't working, dude, I needed something to well, work for me. Yeah. And there's, dude, it, when it comes down to it, when you finally, when that light finally clicks and you're like, you know, I've fucking had enough. I'm, I'm tired of going through this shit. There's, there's one word that just always sticks out to me and it's in it's action. And you know, like the people giving you the funding for the CDL, like they wanted to see action. Like you, your kids probably at that point, they were like, they're, they're tired of hearing, yeah, I'm going to come home and I'm going to stay out. They want to see action. You know what I mean? And I mean, you took action, probably your stepdad at that point, he didn't want to loan his fucking car to you, but you, you take action and you, and you make moves and you show everybody. And then over time, shit, shit starts getting better for you. So yeah, he, he saw it. He saw, he saw before he loaned his car to me, he saw I was serious because he saw that I, he knew what I was doing to get that funding. And he's like, damn, he got the funding. They, they approved him. Okay. Damn. Well, he, he lives out there, but. I'm going to let him use my car. He saw right then and there I was serious and something yeah. had snapped, something had changed in me. And, uh, yeah. No, so I mean, and I, I preach that to people all the time as well, too, because, you know, you have to understand coming out of prison, whether it be with a job, a landlord, your family, your kids, um, whoever it is, 
all anybody wants is wants to see is action. It's they don't give they don't give a fuck about this because you've been doing this for yeah. your entire fucking life. So yeah. once you start taking action and making moves and they they see some progress and they see you're determined and you're willing to actually make a change, things will start kind of falling in line for you, you know. So yeah. um, so you get into truck driving. How long have you been driving for? Uh six years. Six years. So and you yeah. do a lot of flatbed, right? Yeah, I did uh I did a uh, two years like reefer just to get my experience at, at a solid company for two solid years. And then I took off flatbedding and uh, I've been to quite a few different flatbed companies um, just to gain my experience. Cause my whole, I was like, yo, if I want to do truck driving, I, I want to do, you know, the big shit, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I want to do oversized and heavy haul and shit. And that was like my goal from the very start. And uh, that's what, that's what I do now. So I, I went to my first beginner flatbed company, did like a year, year and a half with them. And uh, I went to, you know, another company after that and then another company after that. But each company I went to always paid more and was, you know, was better yeah. than the last. And, uh, yeah, so now I, pretty much mainly what I do is oversized. Like, uh, J.K. Hackle is pretty much just an oversized specialty company. Uh, hold on. Truck entry. All right, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I do now. Pretty much oversized um, specialty. I, I saw. Step deck. I saw a video, um, and I, I'm sure it was you, but I don't know if it was a repost or something that you did. Did you deliver to a, a military base where they unloaded you with a helicopter? Oh, dude, that, <laughs> you got got by that. That was a that was a fucking that was a a filter, bro. That was a filter. Oh, that wasn't a real helicopter. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I know this dude's been to prison, and they're trusting him with military loans. What the fuck is going on uh, yeah. right here? No, I will though in a little bit because um if you get your uh you can get your Twit card and Twit cards are accepted at ninety like eight percent of military bases because that's yeah. a TSA federal background right there they they TSA federally background check you to get a T uh, Twit card so if you get a Twit card you can get on military bases no fucking problem uh, yeah I, I, uh, and, uh, my company I got a Twit card I was kind of sketched out about the the background but I passed the background. So I got my toy card. It was about eight months ago, but we don't ever, I run fucking tanker. There ain't nothing in tanks that we're pulling out of ports, dude. No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so this is something that I wanted to, I wanted you to talk about a little bit because I've talked about it, but it's, it's more so just the, for guys that are looking to getting into truck driving because they have felonies and they're looking for an option where they can make really good money. They're kind of already, they're used to those circumstances, things like that. What do you, would you recommend getting into truck driving? I mean, aside from all oh, the yeah. bullshit, um, what, what are your thoughts and how, like what, what advice would you have to give the guys that are maybe coming out with felonies or coming out of prison? I would say truck driving is the, uh, number one thing that I would, uh, you know, advise because like you said already, like we're used to tiny confined spaces and this truck is just like uh, a way, uh, 10 times more comfortable prison cell. That's all yeah. it is. You know what I mean? Cause we, you know, we can eat whatever we want. We can leave whenever we want, you know, you can hook it up however you want. Like, you know, I play fucking call of duty and war zone in here with my big ass flat screen every day, all day. Like I am completely at home comfortable in this fucking tiny ass box. Right. Yeah. And it's because, prison has um conditioned me to living in small confined spaces like this i have no problem being out here if i could be out here years at a time i would but you know i got to go home to my, my family and shit every 
every so yeah. often. Like I usually stay out a month, month and a half, sometimes too. But yeah, so I would definitely advise truck driving. Um, especially when you get with the right companies that don't micromanage you, that leave you the fuck alone. Yeah. That don't stress you the fuck out, you know? And you just out here by yourself? Fuck yeah. Without a doubt, I would. I yeah, love man. Shit. I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I took a desk job when I came home in sales and shit like that. And I worked my way up through the company and I fucking hated every minute of it. And I remember laying in my bunk at night and being like, you know, when I get out, I'm just going to get my fucking CDL. I'm going to drive semi. I it, like that thought had already started back in the day when I was locked up. Cause I was like, why the fuck not? Like I'm already dealing with my, I, I'm already by myself all day long for the most part. I'm used to small confined spaces and shit. Like what, why not? You know? Yeah. Um, it took me about 10 years after I got out to finally go and get my CDL. But now at this point, I look at it like, why the fuck wouldn't you like, it's it, nobody, there's not one company that I really can name off the top of my head. That's going to look at your felonies. Um, and it's, it, it's just, it's, it, it's a great living. You make a great living. You make a great wage. Um, nine times out of 10, you're not going to be able to make that money anywhere else as a felon. So yeah. it's, I, I recommend it to everybody. I always push guys to go get their CDL. So yeah, I've never had a company really stress about, my background at all uh, yeah the first company i went to like that took me straight out of school was called may trucking <clears throat> you probably might have seen them they're fucking everywhere but may trucking out of oregon and uh they asked me about it and they said the only things that we care about is uh you know if you've been to prison for murder or any of that you know child weirdo shit so yeah. uh and you know i was good on both of those so they they took me no fucking problem and any other company after that they haven't even brought it up yeah, that, my driving record, my experience, and they say, "Come on, let's go." Yeah. <laughs> hey, and luckily, hey, my driving record is the one clean record I got, boys. So. Yeah, really. <laughs> my record, um, hey, my my driving record is spotless. <laughs> so, all right, man, let's talk about your TikTok. What uh, I know you and I talked a little bit about it, but so uh, before before I started recording, but I think you and I are pretty similar. Like we both hopped on there to kind of like make fun of and do shit with our daughters and some like family time shit. And then it just kind of turned into trucker talk. And for those of you that don't know, um, you know, you have your regular TikTok, but then once you kind of get into the realm of truck driving and you start following other truck drivers then your entire feed is just, it's trucker talk. And, and like I told everybody, this is kind of where I met you at. I started following you. You make some pretty fucking cool videos. You make some funny shit. Um, so go ahead and talk about what got you on the trucker talk. And uh, I don't know, man. I just at first I, I didn't really. Uh, at first I just wanted to do funny shit, but then I realized, like, yo, like I should probably make majority of the shit that I do about what I do, driving yeah. driving trucks, or you know, the funny shit that I see out here, or make a funny, um, you know voiceover and then add it to something that we do or see or experience out here and it just yeah it just it just started i guess going a little nuts on trucker talk i don't know but i mean i really feel like there's nothing really else to do i mean this is what i do 24 7 so why not make a majority of my tiktok about what i do so well and, uh, and like we were talking about before it passes the time man like i always oh, yeah. it, it's I'll be sitting waiting to get loaded or unloaded or whatever. And I'll be I, so, like you said, something 
something stupid that I saw at the truck stop the night before will pop in my mind, or I'll be pissed off about something I just saw, and I'll be like, oh, fuck it, <laughs> you know, pass the time. So, no, that's cool, man. So you've you've got what at this point? I think you got around. I I tried to, I checked it before I got on here. I think you're at like fifty four thousand followers. That's a pretty big following, dude. Fifty two. Fifty two. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So. All right. It's been kind of like slow lately. Like you know, I've been stuck at fifty two for a while, but you know, every now and then I'll post some shit, or uh, I'll just wake up with like twelve hundred extra followers or some shit. But it's been slower lately, so. I think I got TikTok's weird, on. man. And it's they're it weird about like, times you post shit. Like if you there's times where I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is a banger, like this is gonna go off, and then it'll get like three views, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then yeah. I'll post something completely fucking stupid. And it'll random get, like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's weird like that. And plus, like I, I think uh I personally think that I, I'm shadow banned uh, uh every now and then, or I don't know if it's permanently or just certain shit because you know, I post a lot of, because, you know, I'm a Republican, so I, I used yeah. to be a fucking huge Democrat, right, right, like, not really, but that's, I was Democrat-minded, you know what I mean, before I turned my life around, I was like, yo, something's got to change, and it's got to be my thinking and the people I hang out with, and, um, and uh, so I post a lot of, you know, Republican shit or Trump shit, and uh, I think that fucking hinders me from getting a lot more views that I normally would get, because TikTok doesn't like that shit, no. So. All another platforms like that. The second you, the second yeah. you approach up, and they can they can prove it. Your shit's getting flagged. So, yep. Um, well, but what you advice? Be, you know, there? you can you can be pro BLM and all of that, and they'll let that shit fly. They'll let that shit fly, and you know, they'll give oh, that yeah. shit a billion views. It's like yeah. fucking nuts. But hey, that's that's how the shit is. So that's the world we live in, man. So, what advice do you have for any guys that are getting out? I mean, you you've you've oh, seemed uh, to have made. I mean, you're happy doing what you're doing. You it seem like you're living a pretty good life now. You're on the up and up. So what advice do you have for guys that are maybe getting out here recently or shortly or soon? Or... Uh, I would say if they have the money to put themselves straight into truck school, I would say use that shit because you're going to get it back pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. You know, because I, I have a lot of homies, too, that I, I've tried to get in. Some of them that I still talk to from, like, my childhood and my younger days and shit that, that are that – that I see are trying to – go a different path route and they've been asking me like yo i need help how do you do that how do you do this shit like some of them are serious some of them some of them aren't some of them are serious some of them turn to not being so serious once they find out all of the shit and the steps that they have to go through and the work that they have to put in they think it's just gonna come to them like that and whatnot yeah. but if you have the money i would say go straight to truck school you know four thousand five thousand dollars you get it back pretty quick if you don't have the money there's i guarantee you there is in your area there's like an employment office or some type of program to help people or train people in trades that will put you through a little bit of work or whatnot. Some of them might not, but most of them, they, they have you go through some orientations and shit and, and they will fund that for you. Like it was for me. I didn't have to pay for nothing. They, yeah. they said the only time I have to pay for anything is if I fail it or I don't complete it, then I have to pay everything back, but I completed it. Um, well, so yeah, just, just just so everybody knows too, and on the website that I have, there's a link for government like grant funding for felons. Yeah. So there's just anybody listening to this that another avenue would obviously be um, hop on the website or just type in government grants for felons. Uh, they allocate X amount of money, X amount of funding every year for 
uh, just things just like this, you know, you're, you're coming out of prison. You don't have any skills. You want to go to truck driving school. I don't know how much they give you. It's a lot of paperwork, but you know, if you're serious about it, you'll make it happen. So, Oh yeah. The paperwork was up, man. That was the worst part. <laughs> all the fucking paperwork, all the filling out shit I had to do, you know, but like I said, if you're serious, you, you won't give a fuck, but it was a pain in the ass nonetheless, but I completed it. So um, there's also, you know, you can also go to uh, like certain trucking companies like Swift, CR England. They will train you yeah. for free. They'll say, come on, you don't have a license. Come on, we'll train you. Um, but you have to sign nine times out of 10. You're going to have to sign like a six month to like a year pretty much contract with them after they get you your CDL to pretty much pay yeah. them back, which yeah. is, hey, if you're serious and you want to change your life around and you want to get this industry, I wouldn't give a fuck. I would do it. Right. No, and I, I mean, I'll tell you the, the very first trucking company I worked for, it was all driving and I had, I had gotten my CDL. I paid for it, went and got it when I decided to go. And, uh, but because I didn't have any experience, they had their own truck driving school. So it, it's a local company. They're called J rail, but they, they hired me, um, put me through like a finishing school. And then I was in with like a bunch of their other students, but yeah, it's the same thing. There, there's a lot of, I know Swift will do it. Warner does it. Uh, those are like some of the mega carriers. Not that I'm telling you to go work for a fucking mega, but Hey, <laughs> hey if that's uh, where you got to start, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I, so I got in there with all these guys and uh, they're all getting their CDLs and, and it's tough, man. Those companies that put you through that school, like if you're not, if you're not making progress, they boot you the fuck out. So if you're not serious, don't be tied up in there. But it's a good – those are good companies to work for because they will get you your CDL. You don't have to have experience. They got lots they can train you in. Um, and, you know, you get your CDL. You work for them for six – I luckily didn't have to work for them for any extended period of time. I got yeah. three months of experience under my belt with them because they, they also don't pay you that great. But, hey, it's experience. Um, okay. And then I went and started running Tanker uh and actually making decent money so yeah man those companies are out there you just have to look uh but again there is government funding there's grants out there available for anybody that even if it's not truck driving even if you want to go in get into the carpenters union or some shit like that just to get your training um so check that stuff out kev is there anything else that you want to tell anybody before you hop off here what's your uh what tell everybody what your tiktok uh handle is and where else they can find you it's Kev underscore the underscore trucker. That's my TikTok. That's Kev pretty much the only uh, social media I use. Okay. Um, I got Facebook and shit, but I really don't be on it that much. Right on. I stick to TikTok. You know? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, TikTok has became addicting over the years. So. <laughs> well, you're obviously yeah, good at it. I, I mean, I like I said, 54,000, that. that's, a, that's a pretty significant, especially on trucker talk, man. That's why, I mean, it, there's not a whole lot of dudes that make big, uh, big impressions on social on TikTok like that. So there's keep doing few, what you're doing. Truck drivers. So, but no, man, keep doing what you're doing. I love all your content, man. I love all your shit. I'll, I'll stay in touch sure, with man. you. I'll, I'll throw your, uh, I'll throw your TikTok up on the page for anybody that wants to follow you. And uh, maybe with some contact info, if anybody has questions about getting into the trucking industry, if you're, if you're open to talking to them, and we'll go from there, yeah. man. Yeah. Just uh, you can tell them, uh, hit me up on uh, TikTok. Um, I, I pretty much accept, I mean, my shit's open for, you know, I don't have to accept anybody, but just yeah. come send me a message on there and, uh, if they got any questions, man, I, I'll help if I can. Cool, man. Well, Hey, I appreciate you coming on. This was super cool of you to do and, uh, stay okay. safe out there, brother. And I, I'll be in touch with you. I'll, uh, we'll cool. stay in touch. So I'll, uh, talk to you later. 
everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you on the flip side.